When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Maryland sports fans. There's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's off-track betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You guys are snob. No, we're not. Seriously, you're totally elitist. You feel like the unappreciated scholars, so you shit on the people who know less than you. No. Which is everybody. Yes. It's just sad. You're tuned to the Cobras and Fire podcast, part of the perfectly rated podcasting community spawned by Decibel Geek. Now, here are your hosts, Loose Cannon and Baco. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, Loose Cannon, along with the perfectly rated Baco. How are you, sir? I am well, and thank you for uh, comment for the comment. I I appreciate uh, knowing that you think I'm perfectly rated. You absolutely are, and. You know, before we even start this this episode off, why don't we just kind of describe what we mean, and we'll go over a few things before we get into the actual show, but let's describe what does perfectly rated mean? What does it mean to you? Well, I mean, we, we had, um, it was kind of inspired by people, you know, talking about certain bands being underrated or whatever. When In reality, you know, it's been kind of a calling card of mine and, and, and yours that uh, typically... <laughs> Bands are kind of viewed exactly the way they should be. I mean, there's a reason they were, were were as successful as they were or not as successful. Perfectly rated means that they are remembered about the way they should be. That's right. Yeah, because the world is an unforgiving bitch. And yeah. she will she will point out your flaws <laughs> uh, and and not let you, you know, go any further past that. And then on the flip side, there's reasons that that bands make it to the level that they, 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 they get to. Now, whether you think that they're overrated because of that, that's a whole different argument, right? We're not doing overrated. We're yes? not doing overrated. Uh, no, we're talking perfectly rated. And, and frankly, typically when someone thinks a band's overrated, they largely just don't like them. Right. And that's the other thing that we should point out, like uh, at least on my list, and I, and, I, and I got a pretty good... Mine too. Yeah, that... These aren't. We're not taking shots at anybody, uh, and well, some of these are. Well, <laughs> that's some a, of them, but not, not not anything that we're featuring music from, really. No, yeah, but we're, the the point being is that take your personal opinion out of it. Look at the big picture and think of like somebody you would compare them to, and if you cannot see the difference between, say, 
I don't know. Don't Mot- say it. Motley- don't say it. No, okay. Don't say it. Okay. But yeah, see a band that you made it all the way. Like, okay, I get why they got to that level. Yes, I understand from these five things that the Baco and uh, Cannon are going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Of Talent why has did- nothing to do with it. So <laughs> That's right. Don't talk well, to me about virtuosos. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you yes. know what I mean. Both, both. It could be both. Yeah, very talented bands make it big as far as like skill. But right. that, that's just one of the one part of the equation, and you know. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get into it more. Yeah. So before, but before we do that, where are we going to do? We're going to have a tangent, aren't we? Of course. Of course. I, I just want you know today we are. This is the second episode we're recording to give you a peek behind the curtain, and it is now. What time is it? It is uh, two. Yeah, one forty nine. One forty nine. That's two forty nine, idiot. It's one fifty now. It's two fifty now. In your in your area, my area, it's one fifty. I don't think you understand how clocks work. Anyway, the the thing is, so you're telling me that if I was at your house, my phone would say one fifty. Yeah, unless you had it set on. I don't ever want to leave Minnesota and, and know that time. <laughs> you know, what? here's my mind right now. <laughs> but, but anyway, so my tension is this: is that this is not the second episode I've got now. Uh, quite a few beers into me. It's been a crazy week for at the Cannon household, and I'm just going to make a public service announcement. Okay, I'm going to go out on the limb, and I, I feel you know it takes a few drinks for me to to, to talk about to things loose like this, but and to up. loosen up, to loosen up. Okay, and here's the thing: I just want to ask you, hey Baco, what do you think about what do you think about picnics? <laughs> Oh, largely thumbs down, but you don't know my family. Okay, but, but picnics, what do you do for a picnic? Well, um, if it's What's 95 degrees out and you're Norwegian, you have seven <laughs> coffee pots of hot coffee. Uh, but no, like potato salad, you, you, you sit at a co- uh, picnic table, you eat fruit, uh, some kind of macaroni and mayonnaise thrown together. Uh, yeah, but you got to take stuff, right? You got to pack it up. Yeah, you got to pack it up with paper plates, forks. You got to convince your kids to shut up. You got to drive somewhere. <laughs> you unpack all the crap, and then you clean it up. Okay, right. That, that's a picnic. But what if I always say this, Bach? What if I say, you know, instead of a picnic, let's do a picnic plus let's never go home that night. Let's stay there. <laughs> well, let's stay like in the camping. This- Oh, that is exactly right. So I'm gonna put, I'm gonna go on a limb here right now, and I'll just I'll just, I'll just say this: fuck camping, okay? My wife would Camp- agree. Okay, well, here's my my whole thing about camping, and I know you right don't like now sleeping all, on dirt. <laughs> all, the, all the listeners right now that are that are hardcore campers, like I'm out of here. I'm not gonna listen to these guys talking talk about about camping. <laughs> yeah, we, we just lost none of our audience. <laughs> They've never left their house. Uh, yeah. Or they're, they're I can't remember the there. last time I camped and it wasn't for a concert. Right. Okay. So so here's the thing. I'm just going to I'm, uh, I'm, I'm say my piece. And again, I know this is controversial, but camping is stupid when you're an adult. <laughs> okay. It doesn't make any sense. And if you have children, it's nothing but torture. That's what I've been do- doing for this, this weekend is packing. It's basically a small version of moving. 
Like, like I am going to move everything out just for two days, though. I'm just moving out for two days. Yeah. And I'm going to set all this stuff up. Everything's going to be filthy. My, my car is going to be trashed. Now, realize, I live in Colorado. I love the outdoors. Everything about the outdoors is great. I love going to the, going on hikes. I like going on the, the mountains, seeing all this beautiful nature. But you know what at the end of the day I want to do? What do I want to do at the end of the day, Baco? Lay in a bed. Go fucking home. I don't want to stay there. There's no reason to stay. And all I have to say is fuck camping. I'm done with it. That's I am pumped up. I am camping has pumped me up. Kids have fun? <laughs> what? Did the kids have fun? Yeah, I don't know. Listen, camping is fun when you're a teenager and you go out and you get wasted in the woods. Maybe maybe you do a a, a pile of cocaine uh, and get get closer to, to nature that way. You know, it doesn't matter. But when you are a full grown adult, unless you're going to a concert or something like that, why are you there? That's all I have to ask. I is like camping at those things too because it's usually like in just this wide open field. <laughs> it's like no shade, you know. No. Every tent is like butted up right next to each other. <laughs> you know, you hear fucking crazy shit all night. You have to get hammered just to fall asleep. So yeah, that's it, the whole it, thing. it is amazing. Uh, I did it this year for Northern Invasion. And I'll be doing it again for Grand Rock Timber. But we only camp night one. Night two, yeah. we yeah. go home. It's just, it's just to save the commute. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not really feasible or practical, I should say, to drive two hours one way every day. You know? yeah, and, I, and I'm told things like, well, you should do it. It's tradition. Uh, our parents did it. Yeah, because our parents, what else do they have to do? They, yeah. they, they, they stare at a wall. You know, there's nothing else to do back, back in the day. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's tradition. It was also tradition to, 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 to hunt for witches. Yeah, it, but the the thing is, like, if you're going to use that excuse, then then start being just like our parents were with everything. Otherwise, don't just cherry pick camping, okay? Are the, are these same people saying it's tradition like our parents opening the door, telling the kids go outside and shut it behind them until the streetlights turn on? No, you can't even let your kid go to the park without you hovering over him. <laughs> no, you can't anymore. All right, right, you know, right. It's just like, so don't tell me it's tradition because there's a lot of traditions that they've given up. Nobody trick-or-treats anymore. You know what? You know what, Baco? You know what I pointed to telling you that all that was? Hmm. Camping is perfectly rated. Boy, I think it's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mind it. Oh, God. So anyway, enough about that. So I'm going to transition from the outdoors to... An outdoor an even, concert. Yeah, to an outdoor concert. Perfect. And that is a band that I have... What, what has been my thoughts about the whole Guns N' Roses... Quote, well, I'm not sure. Is it a reunion? Is it not a reunion? You have to ask certain podcasters for that because sometimes it's actual and friends. Sometimes it is a reunion, right? But but, but what, what has been – we did one of our podcasts for almost two years ago. What were we talking about the reunion? Was I really hot on the whole Guns N' Roses reunion? No, actually, if I recall, and it's been a couple of years, like you said, we actually had very similar feel. We just didn't really – it was just kind of like, eh. A year ago, it was actually December when they announced – that they played Mile High Stadium, you know, Bronco Stadium that has where Metallica uh, 50... also sold out very quick. Correct. Yeah, they sold out in like I think maybe a day. This is an example of trying to fuck over fans that didn't didn't completely work and ended up fucking over the promoter. You ready? Sure. Okay. December of last year when these tickets first went on sale when I first looked. The crappiest seat in the place was $100. I'm talking about 500 level, a place where you would basically be in a different zip code to okay. watch the stage. Yeah. Okay? Uh-huh. Okay. The day of the show, how much do you think those were? 
35 <laughs> 35 that's exactly right. They were $35. The cheapest seat on the floor was $500 all the way in the back of the floor. You could get them for $99 20th row the day of the show. Yeah, but how do you counter that? I mean, I'm saying that the counter of it is is just make it here's the here's the price. It's a, it's a competitive price. It's still making money. You put it out there, it sells out quick. My point is, is that they drag okay. this fucking thing out for almost 8 Nine months, and they never even. It was only three quarter. Even with all their shenanigans, they only sold three quarters out. So I guarantee, if they started with a decent price in the beginning, it would have sold out. Okay. Okay. So, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on that? You know, three quarters full playing the games versus sold out in just a, a set price that works for everybody. You know, I I, I I would love to see the numbers because I don't understand why certain bands sell so much faster than other ones when they seem to be of a similar popularity. But if you have 50,000 people, like you said, like in that stadium, and you mm-hmm. sold the, the tickets for an average price of $50 times 50,000, that is a, still a ton of money. I got to believe that everybody involved could make, you know, even a, even a tour of this size, you could make a lot of money. And then I, that, that's my gut feeling, you know what I mean? And don't even get me going on the, the, the $12 beers at, at sporting events and concerts now. It's like you really can't make a profit on a $5 Tap Miller Lite. It's like, and a $40, $40 parking. Yeah, oh, yeah, Jesus. I mean, everything. It's like th- that's part of the problem is that, like, I can go see Bad Flower and Goodbye June for 15 bucks, no charge to park. I can probably hang out with the band in the parking lot. I can get a great show right in front of my face, or I can, you know, take my kids to see Guns N' Roses and $450 later sitting in the ass end of a, a football stadium. That's part of the reason I don't care. Right. So here's here's where this rank goes. I completely agree with what you're saying. I, 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 but what it does is it keeps the real fan away from the show, yeah. and 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 ends up having a situation where the entire 500 level of the stadium was empty. Uh, for anybody listening that doesn't understand why sixty dollars for every ticket is fair, let me just explain it to you. This first come, first serve. If you really want the best seat in the house, get in line. You know what I mean? Exactly. If yeah. you if you if you decide to buy it after vacillating for three months and all the good seats are taken, that's fair. Tough shit. That is life. That is. I mean, do you show up to Wendy's at twelve fifteen and you're pissed off at the thirty people who got there before you? No, it's just reality. But the reason we're talking about this is this concert and this band Guns N' Roses is perfectly rated. And I'm gonna just tell you this right now. I am, am when I when I go to concerts. Am I a? I am a fan, but am I a fanboy of any bands that we talk about? Man, I, I'm not I'm sure not. how to answer that. Are you really not like? Well, no, you're okay. Yeah, no, you're not. You, you're. I don't. You, give you're open minded. Yeah, you, I don't give slack at all on stuff. I'm brutal, especially on my bands that I like the most. And I've seen them multiple times. Okay? Correct. Yes, that's right. Like, uh, if I have there, there's an album that most fa- uh, fanboys would give a nine out of ten, it's probably a seven or a six for me because there's a couple of just okay. <laughs> so here's the, here's the goddamn set list. They started at seven forty five as a headliner. Okay, seven forty five they start playing, and by the way, that's eight forty five your time. And they started playing. The, the, they start. They, the, here's here's Hold the set list real quick. Huh? I'm just checking your math. Yeah, I got the same thing. Okay. Okay. It's so easy, Mister Brownstone. Chinese democracy. Eh. Welcome to the Jungle, Double Chalk and Jive, Better, eh. 
Let, live and let die. Estranged. Wacky Queen. You could be mine. Attitude. This I love. Civil War. Yesterday's coma. Are you done? How many socks have you filled of jerk socks right now? Coma. Coma. Six jerk socks alone. <laughs> I, I didn't bring my jerk socks to the to the Guns N' Roses show. Oh, my God. You should. Everybody should. Speak. Uh, th- then we go. Sweet Child of Mine. Used to love her. My Michelle. Wish you were here. Pink Floyd cover. The, the is an intro to November Rain. Black Hole Sun. Great cover. Uh, knocking on heaven's door, but not, and I'll go into this in a second. Actually, I'll just go into it now. This version of Guns N' Roses, by the way, his vocals, everything spot on, is is a blend of in between the stripped down version of the Appetite era and getting rid of like 15 people, whoever the hell were on stage during the, the Use Your Illusion tour. It's not the bloated thing. To that end, Knocking on Heaven's Door is one of your least favorite songs. They kept it to about six minutes. Do you get my meaning? Back in the day, you used Fair to enough, take. Yeah, I mean, they used God. to take it out for like right. They used to have horns Slash and all this the stuff. Same solo over and over again for four minutes. Oh, anyway, so knock on heaven's door. Night train, don't cry. Here we go. Hey, Whole night lot of rope. The first point that I filled the sock. Okay, really? Okay. Don't cry. Whole lot of Rosie. Patience. The seeker. Who cover? And Paradise City. Thirty songs, Baco. Three hours. You wanted the best, but well, they didn't fucking make it. So here's what you get from Hollywood. Guns and Roses.
So enough. I'm done with that whole little story, and let's go to you, Baco. But let's talk uh, about a band that you find perfectly rated or some runners-up. Maybe you want to just flip through a few. Um, you know, why don't we first. hit runners up a little bit later? We'll just kind of cool. get into the episode since we've okay. spent so much time talking about <laughs> uh, Mile High Stadium. Uh, and uh, by the way, uh, it was nice to see you drinking a Coors Light for once. Uh, I took that for you, buddy. You know, the weird thing is that my whole life I've been a Budweiser guy, but for the last two years I turned into Coors Light. And my uh, stomach was all screwed up after that one Coors Light, so that just shows that. So apparently it's, it's not, not water. No, it's just not. Well, no, it's just not used to shitty beer. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, my, you're, well, you're not supposed to drink it with your pinky extended. <laughs> was it extended? I don't look at that picture. <laughs> I, I just called you snooty. <laughs> Go uh, ahead. Anyway, yeah. So uh, my first one. Uh, we well, we you know you know we we gave each other a list, uh, kind of back and forth before we settled mm-hmm. on our final three. Um, and this, these are in no particular order, but my first one I'm going to talk about is Cheap Trick. And All right. What do you think about Cheap Trick? I mean, a lot of people, like, the, the really, they have a very passionate core group of fans that seem to think that everybody in the world just doesn't get it. You know, I, I, I think I've been exposed to an awful lot of them, and I get it about right. I think mean, Rob Kern loves these guys. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what you're saying, I think I consider cheap talk with Trick, trick Chat, but I'll, <laughs> I'll let it go. Okay. Uh, uh, you can, who who also you can meet in uh, Nashville. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. One of those, one of Ken Mills' seventy five podcasts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ken Mills is representing uh, three quarters of the uh, uh, podcast world. He actually has a he has a podcast called the the Ken Mills podcast about Ken Mills as well. I think. No. We, I, I don't think he does. Maybe you and I should do it. We should probably do Ken Mills. Where all we do is talk about all of his podcasts. Ken Mills. <laughs> there you go. Talk about a weekly roundup of his podcasts. Yeah, Ken but Mills no. is also a big fan of Cheap Trick and yes, uh, yes, uh, uh, and the Monkeys. So that and, <laughs> and, and, and designer of many of our uh, of the the Decibel Geek T-shirts that you wear. That he is the. I don't know if you know that he actually did the graphic for that. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Okay. I, I didn't anyway. right away. I found out along the line though. I think that was on the Ken Mills graphic tee shirts <laughs> that I make podcast. <laughs> Ken Mills has a podcast about decibel geek t-shirt graphics. <laughs> oh, can't crack another beer for this. Oh. Anyway, so but but yeah, my, here's the thing. Like I, like you, I mean, I was in Indiana and Chicago for. Uh, well, when I lived around Chicago for 10 years, all I heard was, Cheap Trick is so underrated, they could have made it so far, and blah, 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 blah. Somehow, some way, at any any um, state fair and or uh, whatever, wherever they were, because they played all the time. Uh, and I've heard that they could basically play nowhere else, just in that zone, and still make a living for the rest of their lives. You I, know, I don't I mean? doubt it. They, I mean, because I'm not that far from Chicago, and they're here all the time. The last time right. I saw them was in a city park. I mean, it, okay. it's just amazing. And, you know, they've played this, the the front lawn of the state capitol here. I mean, they... They're always playing. And, 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 and with that said, just about two or three years ago, I finally... I've never been able to see Chip Trick except for, like, an opening band like that. They were on uh, with Poison and... Um, Def Leppard a couple of years ago, and but I've always never seen any more than five songs by them, and I do like Trip Trick, but but the whole thing is is that they were playing in this this uh, <clears throat> the area called St. Charles, Illinois, random, fifteen hundred seater, 
day of show to to put this on the flip side of the Guns N' Roses thing. Um, how much do you think tickets were going for this place day of show? Could could not? I, I saw the price. I saw the ticket prices 35? beforehand. Keep going. Oh really? Okay, sixty five. Sixty five dollars was the cheapest seat you could find there, and I had waited because I thought kind of playing playing the game. No, they fucking sold this place out. We went there. We we're like, I'm done. I'm not okay. paying sixty five dollars to see Chip Trick. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I've but that's my point. <laughs> but that's my point is that they have their base. Well, one era. of the problems I got is that they have enough songs that people know to yep. fill at least an hour of their set. And the last time I saw them, I recognized three of the songs. And that's kind of one of my points. It's like, well, you're playing a city park. It's kind of like a, a community event. You know what I mean? It's It was called whatever. I can't remember. Oh, it's one of the suburbs of the Twin Cities, but it was like they're like this city days. You know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Kind of like the bread fest where the smash mouth guy had a meltdown. Uh, it's one of those Bread kind fest. of deals, you know what I mean? And it's like, why yeah. are you not at least hitting the hits? I mean, oh, I, so what you're saying is when they play live, they actually play deep cuts in a random, like not not a not a concert, but like a, this event, they're playing random things. Yeah, and know? it's like you Ooh, know, that's I, weird. No, there were some diehard Cheap Trick fans there because they they they'll always show up. Um, and also, to be honest, I do not find them impressive live. I think they're sloppy. Uh, it, I'm probably going to get shredded by a handful. Of <gasps> yes, yes. I, I just don't think... I mean, I even saw them on Access TV, so I'm not just hearing a, a live PA in a grassy lawn, so maybe I'm in a bad spot. I got a perfect mix of them, and it sounded kind of like the guitar strings hadn't been changed in two months, and it's just like... It's just kind of this dead, flat sound, and... And then, yeah, let's take a talk about it. I mean, they don't look cool. They have a cool name, by the way. One of the greatest band names of all time. And but, logos. I like the But logo. like Rick Nielsen, you know, I mean, now he's like a hunchback. Oh, and you know that like six guitar, six neck guitar he's got? Sure. Like he just like walks off to the side of the stage at the end of the last song. They slap it on him and he walks back and forth across the stage doing that that bands do at the end of a song. And then they take it off and he puts the regular guitar back on. I mean, the thing must weigh a ton and he's old. You know, I get it. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if you went back, there's probably a whole history of the reason that he's like that is because of the six neck guitar. But he's always been goofy looking in the weird hat. And don't get me wrong. Do what you want. I mean, but there's a reason. That affects your, your your overall view. How the people perceive you is affected by all that. And and you can't just say, well, that shouldn't matter. Well, it shouldn't, but it does. So, fuck it. Well, it does, and that's why they always put those the uh, uh, the janitor and the uh, guitarist in the back of the album, and they always put the other two guys in the front. Did you say janitor? Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, you actually made the joke I was about to make. Yes. Yeah, exactly. The drummer looks like a fucking high school janitor. Never even yeah. tried. I mean, to look cool. No. And never. and also to actually sell the point, and, and I'll end on this, and then we'll play the song. Uh, Bryn Aarons is a guy in a band named Flip. They're local here. They never really kind of had the, the, they actually toured with Cheap Trick. He is a huge Cheap Trick fan, and he was on a podcast talking about them. And he actually kind of commented, like, didn't the real, the, the diehard fans of Cheap Trick actually benefit from the fact that they didn't turn into Aerosmith? Like, isn't it almost better for the fan that they didn't blow up? Because uh, otherwise, it would have just turned into, like, the pump era of Aerosmith. 
I, I think I, I totally see that because in other words, he's saying they're perfectly rated. This is right. better for all of us. It's better that they're not huge, that they are for us, and that's great. But that's exactly what they are. You know, all these artists all said, "Oh, cheap trick, cheap trick," and I only knew like a little, a little bit of their catalog. So then I went and I got their box set, whatever it was. I think it was called Sex, Sex in America, or do you know what I'm talking about? Like it was sure. uh, maybe yeah. you don't. And it had, um, and then I bought Dream Police, the album. I bought, uh, oh, I bought a bunch of their '70s albums, and I would listen to them. And it, and it, and it again, when I went back to them, I just said, okay, there is a reason. They have some great songs, and I still, I still don't have that. Like I've never seen a full set by them. You've seen an hour and a half show by them, or something like that, right? Sure, yeah. Okay, so I still, I can't say with with opinion if they're sloppy or whatever like that, because I've only seen them play a couple songs. But but even from listening to that, it's like their their catalog also is so scattered. Yeah, they're all, all over, over the place. place. Yeah. They're all over the place for such a long time that whatever fans they were getting, I think they lost, you know. One of the worst cover and, bands too, by the way. Every cover they do that I've ever heard is just shit. <laughs> but anyway, but but again... What song do you like by them, and what can we play? I like a bunch of songs by them, of course, because I do actually like the band. I do respect them, and I just think they're perfectly rated. I don't think they belong bigger than they are. That's my only argument. So if anything, it sounded like a, a cheap shot, a cheap trick. Hey, man, they made it to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, though. Good for them. I'll uh, put them ahead of quite a few people in there. Um, yep. But that said, we, of course, try to get like get a little deep, so... Have you ever heard the song Hello Har <laughs> Hello How Are You?
uh, 70s track. It got a lot of, um, oh, oh, God, who are those two jackasses that were spinning records backwards and going to churches doing record burnings? <laughs> the Peters Brothers. They, they talked okay. about this uh, as uh, uh, there's like this part where it goes... And it's like a backwards message telling you to sell your soul to Satan. So, uh, oh, it is. That's why. Uh, that's one of the m- many reasons why I love this song. But no, well done. Okay. Well, that was my first contribution to the uh, pretty much undisputed list of perfectly rated bands that we're putting together today, Loose. Uh, so, Lucy, Loose Cannon, what do you got for us? <laughs> What's your first perfectly rated LC band? Tesla. Tesla. Nice. Like the car. And that, that's one of the things I'm about to go into. <laughs> Good point. Uh, yeah. So. Love Tesla. Uh, you know who we haven't mentioned in a while is Billy Hardaway. Love Billy Hardaway. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of him, we haven't mentioned him in a while. And that's because he hasn't popped his little head up. Is yeah, usually so, he's more yeah. chimey in, isn't he? He is really. I mean, and and it's surprising since he has since he is his his career as a professional asshole. On the <laughs> yes, yeah, and yeah, he's, uh... yeah, you you would think he'd be more consistent, but yeah. So the, he he uh, after hearing the kiss non kiss kiss solo album episodes, he said he had a uh, I guess you would call it uh, what do you call it when it's a compliment but it's not a backhanded compliment backhanded compliment where he said great episodes guys. Period, and then you know something's going to go wrong. And he said, "Neither you fucks ever heard a white tiger." Period. <laughs> yeah, you know what? When I listened to mine back, I actually just skipped over it on the list accidentally. But it was very early, and I already wasted too much time. <laughs> well, I was going to respond back to him, but I, I kept forgetting to it. I was going to say, "We absolutely have heard of white tiger, and that's why we didn't mention them." <laughs> You've never have you ever actually heard that record? I have not, but I don't desire to. I'm going to make you, you listen like to it, it in not? Nashville. It's <laughs> you're going to play it. You're going to play, you get one of those uh, iPod docks and play it at the uh, yeah, something. The, yeah, the I mean, yeah, it, with the uh, with the Gene Simmons uh, porn viewing, uh, the Kiss Meets the Phantom <laughs> of the Park viewing. We also need everybody to be quiet and light some candles while we all listen to that dreadful White Tiger <laughs> record. You know what you should do is we should hijack the Decibel Geek uh, hard drive. And just and, and when they're about to play the heavy metal parking lot video, we put on the Gene Simmons porn video. <laughs> <laughs> and then just take a bow and leave. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming to Nashville. By the way, we're a Dust Bowl Network podcast. Yeah. We're just saying it. <laughs> <laughs> We're part of the Decibel Geek family. This is this is Decibel Geek endorsed. <laughs> oh, where were we? What were we even talking about? Tesla? Yeah, I think we were talking about Tesla. Yeah, Tesla. I love Tesla. Tes- <laughs> so, what was your first uh, Tesla album? Mechanical? Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. right. God, it was like one of those like dry spells for like new records. I bought it because I didn't really get modern day cowboy that much at first. And honestly, mm-hmm. it's still not one of my favorite Tesla tunes. It's, it's a good sure. song, though. Sure. Uh, but I kind of bought it just because I hadn't bought a record in a while, and it was there. And I'm like, so. And I did not get it right away. I didn't actually enjoy that record that much until after I fell in love with the record after that, the, the great radio controversy, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I went yep. back and listened to the first record, and I'm like, oh my God, these are just, both those records, in my opinion, are brilliant. 
Yeah, so I came into them actually five man acoustical jam like a lot of, a lot of people did, and, and also there's that age difference with us too, and you know so that that hit. Uh, you need 90- to, like you, you act like there's like a ten year gap. I mean, it's no, like, no, 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 no. Twenty one and you're eighteen. But there's there's a different. No, this is not like. What did you say again? There's like a three-year age difference between us. I think I was 21 and you were 18 when this no, came out. No, I thought you were going to say I'm. I'm. I thought you were going to say I'm 93 and, and you're 16. <laughs> I thought we were done talking about Kiss. All right. So, but going back to this, but there is a big. But three years is huge sometimes. Two or three years, whatever it is, when it comes to music. Yeah, when, when you're, you're 11, but not when you're 18. Right. I, come on, motherfucker. Anyway, it came out in like 1990. I think is when Acoustical Jam came out, or 91. I can't remember which one. It might be 92, um, but it's right in that area. I might be 91. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those years. Wasn't this in the greatest year in rock episode? We touched yeah, on. It? I think it was. I think it was. I'm almost certain it was '90. But when that hit, my whole thing is is that that I had heard a lot of these songs framework wise uh, as acoustic. So when I heard, I I still to this day I prefer the acoustic version of Modern Day Cowboy, Coming at You Live, things like that because that's the first version I heard of those songs, and I love the album top top to bottom. I like a lot of the other albums too. But my whole thing about the, the the whole thing about this this band being perfectly rated is this: they had a lot of I call it bad advice from management, and it's in their biography, not just on Wikipedia, but also backed up in other interviews and things like that. Where they they do you know what their first name of their band was to begin with? Oh yeah, shit, it's terrible. It's called City Kid with two yes, D's. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, City Kid, and then they were told, hey. Maybe you should change your name to Tesla. This is like a management decision. You're like, who's Tesla? And management actually taught them all about who Tesla was. So can you imagine, if, where are you when you have a manager that says, you know what you guys should do? I was thinking you guys should be called Ben Franklin, but we're going to go with Tesla. You know, just a random inventor. I'm yes? guessing the guy had a career in radio and it was really upset that the Marconi Award <laughs> was named after Marconi and not Tesla. And he's trying to right a wrong I, by getting into band management. <laughs> but but really, like, like, like hey, uh, yeah, let's get into band management. Let's have a rock band. And let's base some of their uh, background on the fact that they're fighting a war for a guy named Nicola. And also, they not even benoce them you know, in the future, but that somebody would actually buy tesla.com have electric cars and have more of a passion for that whole background uh, that would also confuse future generations whenever they're searching for their they, you know you know their website is called tesla the band yes okay tesla the band it, it and, and everything like that but but what other band can you think that is based on a an old 1800s inventor of any sort okay we're talking 1900s first of all 1800s? No, no. He died in like... Oh, he, he was like competing with Edison. Uh, with the, you know, And his medicine. And his medicine, yeah. He gave Edison his medicine.
this is not a history uh, show. This is not based on fact. You can Wikipedia the shit out of this segment. My whole thing is that that is a weird background for, for to talk about for your band. Yes? Yeah, but Rat was already taken. Guys, rat is taken, and that's with two T's. <laughs> I know you had. I know you were a city kid with two D's, and we were gonna. And you wanted to go with maybe move to city rat, but we're gonna go. But we're gonna base your whole background on inventors. No, you yeah, think that no, has nothing I, to do with I, the weirdness. No, of this I, band? I do. You think I do? I'm disagreeing with you. No, but you know, it, to a certain sense, it almost makes sense because they were a different image than the bands they were competing and touring with. They were stripped down. They didn't do all these uh, gaudy costumes. Their music was actually a lot more... Um, good. Yeah, good is a good way to <laughs> <laughs> They, they clearly had more depth of timeless. talent. They're... Yeah, timeless. Yeah. yeah they, timeless. They, they, uh, but the idea that like their, uh, their band name is, is sort of uh, a trivia question... Is is helpful? I, I think it almost helps the cause. Where I think they 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 waited too long to buy in, into it too hard, and it was it, that's when it got stupid. With I think the third record, uh, where it actually had a picture of Tesla on the cover of it, and the yeah, the psychotic lead sh- supper. What the hell is psychotic supper? Mean? Exactly. Who knows? And the the lead track, the single, is called Edison's Medicine, and it's yes. like no, just. Just call yourself Tesla. You don't have to be the band that only sings about Tesla. And I, I never music. even understood the whole no machines thing that they yeah, would put in there. Uh, like, what does that mean, that there's no machines? Are, aren't technically some of the stuff machines that you're using? I don't, I don't know. Well, that's, that's the whole thing, as I'm saying, is that... that, that and their bass player's fan, name, the bass it, player's it, name it, was Brian Wheat. He had a bowl-cut mullet, and he was fat. <laughs> Other than that, the rest of the band looked great. Oh wait, the drummer was kind of kind of like a like a lurchy looking guy, wasn't he? He was like nine nah, feet tall. Yeah, but but also you've got the fact that you know Jeff Keith has uh, has rocked. Uh, I think um, the "Don't Stop Believing" haircut since. Uh, sure, yeah, but you know when I you're mean, five he's foot like, he's two, like you Steve, can do that. Steve, Steve, when you're what? Five foot two. Is he five foot two? Oh, he's super short. Yeah. Okay, I don't know, but yeah, he's he like he's like the Steve Perry of, of whatever. I don't know, but the, it just there just was there's something missing. Now, with that said, and I realize we're not hating on them. I just saw them live two weeks ago. I can tell you, from from another, just like the Guns N' Roses concert, it was a concert I went to, and and Tesla is a band that I think you, uh, I would just uh, the best way to describe them is you kind of uh, sleep on them. You kind of forget how many great songs they have until oh, yeah. they all of a sudden come up and it's shuffle. Like Smash Mouth. <laughs> Perfectly rated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They may be overrated. Signs is their most famous song by the average human being on Earth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the layman. Um, and I that's can live cover. with that. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, the the one that people know a lot too is Little Susie, and or or maybe not, but but it's definitely up there. And that's a, I sure. didn't know that was a I didn't know that was a cover until like a year or two ago. Did you always know that was a cover from yeah, like day yeah. one? Okay. PhD. I, I, I don't, like I've never random... heard the original. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's a terrible song. Another thing that said, like, odd that here in the after I found out about that, I'm like, PhD is the artist. Go Google it and, and take a look, and you'll be like, why would anybody ever bring this song to the to the band? And yeah, they, they made it into their for, own. Uh, people holding dicks. It doesn't. I think that was again. They're like, well, uh, uh, you need a PhD if you're going to invent a radio. So here's a cover you should do. It's just a very odd management decision. Yeah, yes. I, I always thought that song had kind of a '60s vibe to it. I can, I, yeah, uh, but for some reason, I just always it just felt like this is their song, just like Signs. I don't know, it just whatever. Go, but, little Susie. Perfectly rated. Next, I agree though. Um, all right, for my next pick, uh, I'm gonna you know because we've kind of touched on bands that I think the diehards would typically say are underrated. Is that fair? I mean, I don't. I guess sure. I don't know that many diehard yeah. Tesla fans as much as Cheap Trick. Anyway, uh, but, but well, you know. I guess I guess the Tesla thing is is mostly when people say, "Man, this band should have been so much bigger." Yeah, you I don't think I, mean? that, I think they they got as big as they should have. Right. Correct. And, yeah, unless they wanted to hire Diane Warren to write their third record, they were pretty much <laughs> going to be exactly how they are now. Which and is, they're employed they're employed by Def Leppard LLC right now, so yeah, they're fine. And, and yeah. And they are a fantastic band. Yep. But I'm going to go the opposite direction. Someone that's gigantic that I think is exactly viewed the way they deserve to be viewed. That's Van Halen. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. I mean, literally, is there anything about, like, the public perception of Van Halen that isn't accurate? Other th- I mean, I'm not getting into the Sammy versus Dave garbage. You know what I mean? I mean, that's more... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, a specula- speculation tied to an opinion, but how they're basically looked at like and like how successful they are, it all makes sense. Everything about Van Halen makes sense. It's, you can't... I, I, I listen to records by them that I don't like that much, and I love them. It, it's, I well, don't even know how to explain yeah. it. No, I, I think it's a great pick. It's, it's almost like the, the Guns N' Roses deal where the greatest thing that that Van Halen could have done is to have two singers because that 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 in and of itself opens a whole different different level to the 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 lore uh, or the history of that band, don't you think? Sure, and there's actually kind of a don't you think it, it's it's almost validates what I'm trying to say that like they're basically the only band that has successfully made that maneuver to the level they did. Right, you could say you could say all, oh, but ACDC did that, but but ACDC oh, yeah. wasn't that famous until yeah, they got bigger after, Black. yeah, after. But they were actually and 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 that ties into the whole whole uh, Sammy and Dave thing, where Sammy will say, well, yes, our our albums actually sold more than 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 Dave's. Well, yeah, but you also had the momentum. <laughs> right? I don't think of, they did of, though. I mean, don't give me. <laughs> By the way, it's like well. Dave had six records and it was like seventy millions, and Sammy had four and it was like you know thirty-eight million. It's still a shit ton of records, right? Either way, either way, when you're comparing it to, you know, they are perfectly rated. I mean, um, did Sammy automatically become like more believable the moment he was in Van Halen? Well, he was more believable for me because I didn't even know he existed except for that I can't 
Drive 55. And th- that uh, song is pretty cheesy. As big as it got. Right, right. Oh, by the way, that song, perfectly rated. Oh, yeah. And, and Sammy Hager's uh, solo career is perfectly rated, I think. There's, there's a lot of... Uh, yeah, we could have a whole thing on that where... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, look, great voice, great voice overall. Can you say like this is a great Sammy Hagar solo album back in the day? Maybe one or two. They're they're really pretty shittily produced. That's part of it for me. Well, no, yeah, and and uh, boy, the I think he's got one record I could listen to beginning to end, and that was the one he did right after Van Halen, "Marching to Mars." But other than oh, that, yeah, Sam, yeah. Sammy right. Hagar is a greatest hits guy. But so is Van Halen. I mean. Right. That's kind of the hard part of picking my the, the song I'm going to pick. Is that like they got so many damn hits, and and I, I'm sorry, but I think the Roth era albums are not strong, but the the good songs on each record are some of the best songs ever. And then there's like yes. it's like peaks and valleys, where Sammy is kind of more in the middle. Everything is consistent. The, the, if you like one song, you're going to like the whole record. Yeah, I can see that to a point. The other part, the other thing is too, is that with the Van Halen, uh, well, with the David uh, albums, they pumped out six all within a year each. Yeah, you know, they, they came out with one each year. They're all like a half hour long, roughly, and you know maybe nine tracks, maybe eleven tops. They and in the Sammy ones, they had two, three years in between, etc. That was kind of the beginning of that kind of movement, though, in rock in general. It just seemed like suddenly bands weren't doing the record a year anymore. Right. It was two like years, and it was three mid-80s. years. Yeah, and then now it's like five and six years. And... Yeah, and then, then Sammy obviously only had four albums versus six, and but maybe the total. No, but, but there's great stuff on both ends, and I think it is perfectly rated. Yeah, Baco. I mean, uh, throw in whatever you want to go say, but I, I see what you're saying. They're perfectly rated because there, I don't think there's anybody on earth that could make the argument, man, this band is overrated, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. How, I mean, how, how could you say that? Give me a fucking break. I mean, David LaRoth, Eddie Van Halen. Uh... <laughs> Everybody loves, by the way. I've heard on, on several different podcasts about your your the way you pronounce LaRoth. <laughs> I heard on uh, recently, I don't remember what it was on. It was like they were saying that they, you make him sound like he, he works in New Orleans. Like he's a chef. <laughs> well, yeah, I've, I've been saying it my whole life, so that's the way it's going to go. By the way, you know, uh, on a quick side note, the local hard rock radio station here, 93X, I walk into my office the other morning, and they're playing A Little Ain't Enough. freaking corporate and tied down all everything about you know there's three companies that own every radio station in america right right now like this is not a song that you the djs don't get to pick anything and i'm like absolutely not are they really playing this whole song and it just my mood picked up i felt better i liked it better than when it came out i was in a great mood and they actually played the whole tune and then when they got to the end like they were the djs were laughing like yeah we're probably gonna get in trouble for that i think we should look for the phone to start ringing or something like they literally did just call an audible that they're not allowed to do typically so that was cool i should i get to my pick you should. Okay, let's, let's wrap this up. Van Halen, perfectly rated. This is the best I could do to dig deep on Van Halen. We're going to play Somebody Get Me a Doctor.
that's a good one. Come on. And off of your your one of your least favorite albums by them. Yep, Van Halen too. It was a good but example. My that's least great... favorite Van Halen record is still a pretty good record. Well, that was it for me on my second pick there, Luce. What do you got? Somebody call me an Udo! <laughs> oh, the world needs more baby. Udo. Except? They do. Except that's my perfectly rated band that's coming up next. What do you think? Oh, great. They had a, a record that just came out. Or coming out. They, it's out. It just came out. They did. I think it's called, I think, is the name of the album Thirst Quenchers? <laughs> Is the name of the album called, Ooh Yeah! Oh, you is took that- my joke. That's what I was going to say. Oh, yeah! <laughs> well, we're going to be, be, be hammering this joke down in a second here, folks. But I'm not sure if you know this. And we'll go into this in a second. But Except has a new album coming out called, I'm not even sure what it's called. Do you? It's uh, called like a... Yeah, I, I don't have uh, it in front of me. <laughs> what is it called? I, I think it's no? called, Have you, I think you've heard this one before. <laughs> I think it's called uh, This Time It's Not Homoerotic on the cover. Is, is that what it's called? <laughs> it's called uh, a German Bondage. Uh... <laughs> it's called This Time We're Not Holding a Leather Ball. <laughs> whatever that, what is that cover about? There's like somebody. What's going on there? Can you please describe what's going on in that album cover, please? I have no idea. It's a ball on a wall. Uh, no, it's a ball. Rise of somebody... Chaos, by the way. Rise of Chaos. Okay, Rise of Chaos. It's a ball of on a hairy wall of a hairy, or a ball on a wall of leg. a hairy thigh. Somebody's leg. Yeah, yeah somebody's. And, somebody's and thigh. it looks like a man's leg. A man's leg. And are they about to play dodgeball? What are they doing? Uh, maybe handball. Ah. <laughs> uh. Did you know that if you, you bought the album and, and uh, signed up for the club, you got a free jerk sock in the mail back in the day? <laughs> I don't think jerk socks existed. Now. They did. Yeah. They did. The Germans invented them, and they're made of leather. <laughs> Germ sock. <laughs> jerk sock. It had, like, it, had like, it had like three C's and a K. Udo Jerk Schnacks. Jerk Sock Schnurder. <laughs> Boom! Dirk Schnacker. Dirk, dirk. Uh, dirk Schnacker. Udo, Udo Jerk Schnacker. Well, my God. I mean, people say sometimes, you know, Mr. Cannon, why why wasn't Accept Bigger? Why didn't they make a bigger impact? And the first argument I say is one of their songs was called Balls to the Wall. <laughs> Man. Man, bro. But uh, the second thing yeah, is, is that they, they need to redo it. And like, get your balls to the wall, bro. You get your balls to the wall, bro. Balls to the wall, bro. You get your balls to the wall, bro. Balls to the wall, bro. Amazing balls to the wall, bro. Jerk to the sock, bro. Oh, I feel a remix. Yes, a remix right around the corner. What do you think? Do oh you think? God, I'm so hammered. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, get your pro, t- get your pro tools fingers ready. ready. Yeah, I'm all set. Okay, but but dun, the second dun, thing dun. is is that is that it wasn't until the late 90s that, that Hobbits and Lord of the Rings characters became popular. <laughs> that became the mainstream. Now, if, if except if the world was looking for a German Hobbit, um, then they should have come out in about 1999 and, and combined with the whole, those, those movies, Lord of the Rings trilogy. 
That would have helped. Oh, my God. But- I will say this. I, I actually know a handful of people that really are into Accept, and I've never heard any of them claim they should be bigger than they are. It's almost like their audience is perfectly rated for the band. <laughs> okay. Help me in the group. I like Accept. Yeah, yeah. No, I like the newer stuff. I've got Stalingrad and uh, um, uh, Blood on My Hands or Heroes or uh, uh, I think it's called uh, uh, Bulls with Nostril Flames or what's the name <laughs> of the last one? Stampede. Uh, Stampede. Yeah, Stampede. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the lead singer, the used to be the lead singer of Mumford & Sons or something. What's his name? <laughs> Mark Tornillo. He, uh, he was uh, in Mumford & Sons for a little bit. And then before that, it was a band called T.T. Quick. And in between, oh. he was with uh, uh, Jiffy Lube. <laughs> Yes, I think I think that that the TT Quick is the uh, is the New York version of uh, of Jiffy Lube, I believe. Very yeah. fast, Thir- thirty minutes old change plus plus a, plus a song uh, about bondage while you wait. Uh, well, they had the song Medal of Honor. Did you ever? I, I take it you never owned the uh, Megaforce release, uh, the self titled TT Quick. Well, actually, it wasn't self titled. It was called Medal of Honor. No, I never had that. I didn't even Medal know about it. All I know is that, that that the only reason I know TT Quick, which is another uh, perfectly rated name for a band, the only reason I knew, even know that that <laughs> band exists so is because it says, yeah, it says he is the former singer of TT Quick. What does that even mean, TT Quick? I don't know. TT TT Quick. It sounds almost like uh, me love you long time. Me love you long time. TT Quick. Me love you short time. Oh, that's true because it's quick. Yeah. Good, point. Um, Good point. I liked the band name at the time, and I loved the album cover. I bought it on vinyl. What TT Quick? TT Quick, Medal of Honor. Okay, okay, excellent. So yeah, but before that, obviously the original singer Udo, uh, a, a a very handsome man. Yes. Yes. Uh, for four foot nine, you do not get hotter. <laughs> but uh, isn't he is he solo now or something or what does he do the well, is he doing, U- Udo is technically a band that he started. Oh, it's the Udo Udo and the Dirk Schneiders. Is that the name of the band? <laughs> the, the, I think he's touring solo now as Dirk Schneider. Dirk Schneider. Ah, yes, yes. What's that tour called? Uh, it's called the Ego Boost Tour. So. <laughs> By the way, I have to say, if, if the, the Tesla audience, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, it was very odd that was that it was the opposite of what I imagined the Udo concert to be, and that is they were the tallest audience I have oh, ever seen. I was going to say, there was women there. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah, but, but no, but like there, was like there was a guy that I think must have been Andre the Giant's illegitimate son standing right in front of me, and I, I think... That I finally realized how annoying that that. Was he like? I mean, we're not. <laughs> no, it's not just talking to me. So goddamn huge. But there, it wasn't just one guy. It was like there was an entire like rows of tall dudes. Into the fact that you know I'm like six foot, whatever, not much. But 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 I realized how annoying it is if you are less than five nine going to a concert and somebody stands in front of you. I realized that for the first time. It was very, it was very uh, humiliating, I must say. <laughs> Emasculating is the term you're looking for. Oh, emasculating? Okay. That they have, their latest album has a song that's incredible. Incredible. And, uh, and, and just so you know, uh, everybody out there, we're going to play a little bit right here. Here's a ramp up. We're going to play the verse. Ready? Here's the verse. Running through the jungle Way back in 78 
Yeah, what's wrong with that? It sounds like except. And yeah, no, it's a pretty kick-ass tune so far. You ready for the chorus, Baco? Of course. Uh, do let you, me get a drinking? let me get a quick dr- quick drink in while I so I can swallow while listening to this. Okay, no problem. Take a big drink. You ready? Yep. Don't drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> was that Kool Aid you spit out? Ah, oh, I wish it was. Is that like some kind of like Jonestown reference? No matter what the preachers say, don't drink the Kool Aid. Yeah, so after I heard this, I went and I Googled, uh, you know, Kool-Aid Man to find some of those old commercials. And instead of those old commercials, there's this whole loop of the best of the Kool-Aid Man on the Family Guy, which is basically the, the, the Kool-Aid Man continuously busting in on inappropriate yeah. situations. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys did this. You guys did this. Oh, honey, I'm so excited to finally meet your girlfriend. Here she comes now. Yoo-hoo, baby! Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, yeah! I'm not going to lie. When I first heard that chorus, that, that came to mind. Like, there's one in particular where, like, he regrets how damaging what he does is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kept coming I, in a court really scene. I never thought about the consequences of this. Of my actions. Yeah. <laughs> Running through walls all the time. But who the fuck said, like, this is the song. We're going to lead this album with this track called Kool-Aid. Yeah, and we're yeah. actually going to say, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Yes? Yeah, production's great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly rated. I don't think we have anything else to say about Accept. Do you, do you well, accept? Did, on this record, did you hear the track Analog Man? Are you making a joke because I keep telling you to hear Analog Man by Joe Walsh? No, no, this is not a joke. Oh, no, I haven't heard this. Is this another good song? It's actually okay, but it, it is okay. basically Balls to the Wall, part two. I like Analog it. to the man! Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah, there's what's Oh, God, one of the lyrics is fucking hilarious as shit. It's like, my cell phone is smarter than me. My cell phone's smarter than me! <laughs> he says that during analog. He's like, yeah. My cell phone yeah, exactly. is smarter than like, me. My cell phone is smarter than me. <laughs> Loose, is there uh, an accept song you'd actually like to play from beginning to end? Of course. Here it is.
West. Um, yes. This is a band we've actually touched on a little bit, so I don't know how much new items we have to say, but we can get into it. Uh, this is definitely a band that you and I talked about where I said they, they might have been the origin story of me first hearing about an underrated band, and that is, of course, uh, Kiss guitar player Tommy Thayer's former band, Black and Blue. <laughs> We're actually doing Black and Blue? Yeah, that's... Uh, that's my last pick, man. Uh, this band is perfectly rated. If anything, <laughs> they could be slightly overrated. I mean, first of all, everybody in this band looks like some kind of weird mongoloid. It's like they just don't have a good look. Their name is generic as all hell. I mean, oh yeah, black and blue. Ooh, way to go. Uh, and... Their singer, I mean, I don't know, it's something about him. He just, he does not have that, like, I'm going to be uh, a voice that everybody likes. He does not have that Bon Jovi quality to him. He Is has that Jesse that, Pearl or not? No, it's uh, Jamie St. James. Jamie St. James. Yeah, I, I get this confused. What was he into? He, he went on but... to be in Warrant. He replaced uh, Janie ah, Lane okay. for a while before right. Janie came back and replaced Tim. So. All right. But anyway, okay. I don't know that I actually like the band. I think I have everything by them. But my God, how can you listen to this and not go? They do not deserve to be Bon Jovi or Def Leppard. I mean, they they are nothing. They are not that good. At least when it comes to commercial cross appeal, they are for the core fan. And I'm sorry when you go that route, you you limit your you know how much success you can have, man. What was the song that you played that I that I was a surprise that how much I liked it? Hold on it to eighteen. Me. Yeah, that was a great track. Yeah, I was like, it is, if, if, it's amazing. And it's, it's actually it's actually like one of those bands that you should almost reserve that naming who they are. We should actually do an episode where we just say here's a band, and then we play it. So you take that prejudging out of it. Yeah, and you list, and then you say that was by the way X Y Z band. I think that actually would be. A good idea because and if you instantly XYZ, when you said another band perfectly rated XYZ, yeah, no, not yeah, that good. Um, yeah, c- continue, please. I didn't have much more to say about it. I mean, little, I mean, one of the things that 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 I think gets taken for granted, I guess, is a cool look, kind of cool names, like names that like stick with you. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and and. I'm sorry, but Jamie St. James, I can't, Jeff Whoop Turner, I can't name any more guys other than Tommy Thayer in the band. It's just, <laughs> and even that Whoop name, Turner. is it Thayer or Tayer? You know, it's like, it's one of those things like, you know, you're, you're almost, it was that worse or calling yourself Nikki, you know, post 85 or right. Rick with a, a K and no C. You think, or you know, a fox with two X. I think they're Rick Fox. Just one of those things that, like, you know, it, it just 
It just has to fit. The whole package wasn't there. They, their songs aren't that great. They have a couple great tunes, and I'm going to play one. You're really selling. Them. You're really you're really selling me on them. <laughs> but uh, oh no! I, but, look, they are what they are, man. I, I right. enjoy them. I I'm not really taking cheap shots at them. I'm just I'm I'm just acknowledging what I think should be the elephant in the room when it comes to them. If you think they deserve to be more successful than they were, uh, it is so rare to get the opportunity they had. And when you hear the end product, you should be you know happy with what happened. So. Okay, so then with that said, how many albums were produced by Gene Simmons by them? Two, I think. The second one, Nasty Nasty, and the third... Wait, no, no. Yeah, two. Yeah, it was actually the third record was Nasty Nasty. And then the fourth record, uh, which I'm going to play a song from called In Heat, was also produced by him. I think you should go... That goes hand in hand, too. If Gene Simmons produced you, you're perfectly rated. Oh, yeah. Don't, are you kidding me? Yeah, I look at all the bands Gene produced. Did, did any of them deserve more success? Nope. So uh, why don't you pick a, a gem here? You said it's called it, In Heat or It's Heat? or uh, The album's called In Heat. This is a song called Live It Up.
to slice and dice it. I I came into Motorhead late in the game, maybe five years ago, and all of a sudden, just, that's right. And then it just opened. Uh, his catalog just opened up, uh, and, I, and there was so much to dive into and, and things like that. But you know, it, it, I said, like, man, why didn't? Why didn't somebody at some point, you know, bring me into this band earlier, or why did they know more about them? And that is because Motorhead is perfectly rated. I love them. Agreed. But they hit the level of success that they they should have. No more, no less. And I'll go into a couple reasons. Would you like reason number one? Indeed. A person in the the the, the public eye that doesn't take care of his moles. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I mean, especially during the 80s and things like that, when, you know, they started in the end of the 70s, they went to the 80s, obviously, this and that. He could have done a little little, little changes there, right? Just it's, it's actually not that expensive. You can just go, get them lasered off, you're done. Yes? <laughs> He's really not that much uh, less good looking than Lars Ulrich, though. I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. There's okay. nobody else that has more of an iconic mole or molds. Then Lemmy. Yes? Yes. Okay, okay. Number two, does not wear proper shorts. <laughs> Those aren't shorts. This is shorts. These, these are shorts. I love that picture. Him smoking on the, on the, on that balcony where the nuts his hanging out the side of fucking <laughs> shorts that don't even go past my underwear. Amazing. Uh, but that's just going into the image thing. Plus that they had a revolving lineup of characters until it kind of cemented in the 90s of their band, right? I mean, it was basically Lemmy, and then they kind of churned through a lot until you hit that, that geez, that man in their lineup, Phil Campbell and... Uh, and to uh, and to hit your point home, none of these are criticisms. These are just no. acknowledged realities of why they didn't turn into Queen. <laughs> yeah. Also, a a a an incredibly badass rock voice, but also an acquired taste to a large uh, consumer audience. Yes, yeah, so a bunch of fucking uh, fakes and socias. <laughs> Another another reason is that they had a lot of bad, uh, kind of like if you want to go into like an anthrax thing where they made a lot of bad decisions or had a lot of bad experiences with labels that just buried their albums. Yeah, but it's not like their their records are never really meant to sell. <laughs> sure, but they never were on like a label for a long time. You know, they, they did a bunch of things in the 90s, stuff like that. They just kind of jumped around. And yeah, yeah. There's a lot of albums that, that I didn't even know existed Kind of like your uh, the Alice Cooper Lost Years for a while, where they just vanished. Like you couldn't even find them for years. Albums like Bastards and uh, Inferno. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like they they just he did a bad run there. I think that's enough on my end. Anything else on your end that would say that they're a perfectly rated band? Um, they uh they are respected by the right people and ignored mm-hmm. by the right people. Uh, yep. But every now and then you'll see someone like Taylor Swift rock one of their shirts and that that would lend a little credence to the underrated in the sense of like they are iconic imagery, almost like the misfits in a sense. Ramones. Like, Ramones, Ramones too. too. Yeah. Like like more T-shirts than more T-shirts than albums. We're like sort of. the posers and socias I was just talking about latch on to it. And that's kind of offensive to me, but. Yeah, musically, they, I mean, they got us, and by the way, pretty successful. They could pretty much tour anytime. They didn't even need a record. They could just fucking go out and do it. 
and my God, I mean, I don't know if you, how many Motorhead shows you saw, but there was always those One. guys that were dressed up, and you could tell that they have been seeing Motorhead live as long as they could every time they came to town. But yeah, so Motorhead, perfectly rated, yes or no? Yes, man. Okay. And while they as a band are perfectly rated, I think there are some albums that are lost or at least, maybe not to say they were underrated, but just it took me five years to get to Inferno and Bastards and, and these albums. And these are albums that have, you know, what do you hear about Motorhead a lot of times too? Um, well, one like, song sounds like every other one. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I would argue that Motorhead has more variety in comparison, in comparison at least to a Brian Johnson era ACDC forward, back in <laughs> black forward, than uh, I actually think they're kind of like the ACDC Bon Scott era. They kind of like jump around a little bit here and there on albums, random stuff. And one of those albums is Bastards. But <clears throat> that has a lot of different stuff, like just straight up rock songs. That's the one that has, um, oh, God. It has a duet on it, right? No, no, that's March. March. Oh, you're right, right, right. Sorry, it has. Uh, this, uh, oh, the one we covered. Shit, fucking yep. born to raise hell. Yeah, it has born to raise hell. It's what a, a lot great of, like, song. Up, yeah, a great songs. It has a lot of just straight up rock songs. Plus, actually, it has like my, two, my, my. <laughs> it has a couple like pseudo ballads on it and stuff like that. Anyway, Bastards, one of my favorite albums. But I'm not going to feature any music from Motorhead today to close it out. Liar. <laughs>
Again, uh, good catching up with you. Anything else you'd Absolutely. like to add? Nope, let's just get out of here. All right, man. Rock's not dead. It's perfectly rated. And you just got done listening to why. <laughs> well done. We're gonna mix it up. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.